The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Segment two, hour one, On the Block. Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you. We'll go to our Allo VIP line here in just a sec. Do want to make sure we shout out Brett watching on our YouTube stream. Also brought to you by Sarder Heyman Jewelers. Then uh, Sten, John, and Cortland, Tommy, and 6996. Really appreciate y'all tapping in on the, on the uh, Sarder Heyman text line. We will get to you Shortly, but for now, we go to that VIP line I mentioned brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And we welcome in Evan Bland of the Omaha World. Harold, we talked to Evan at 2.30 on Wednesdays. Really appreciate your time as always, Evan. Um, I ended last week's conversation by asking you about Husker baseball. I know anything in the hopper. Well, the next day, Alex Gordon gets, uh, you know, it's announced that he's going into the College Baseball Hall of Fame. Evan, I was six, seven years old when Alex Gordon was growing up, and I think there are plenty of Husker fans who... You know, think of Alex Gordon more as a royal, but remind people just how good Alex Gordon was in college at Nebraska. Yeah, he was he was great. I mean, he uh, it's he was actually a couple years ahead of me at Lincoln Southeast, and so he had some ridiculous numbers in high school. Was highly sought after as a recruit, and then uh, yeah, I mean, goes to Nebraska and and ends up being one of the best college hitters of all time. I mean, wins the, in his last year, wins the equivalent of the Heisman trophy for, for baseball with the golden spike award. And, uh, you know, played a, a stellar third base and was the face of some of Nebraska's best baseball teams ever. So I think it was the numbers. It was the success the team had, but it was also just the, the fire and the grit that he had when he was out there. And, uh, it really epitomized everything about, college baseball. And, and it's kind of funny, like I'll remember too, when he came back to be honored and have his number retired at uh, Haymarket this past spring. And he went out and gave a speech to the team beforehand and it fired him up. And the guys were like, yeah, this guy, even in retirement, like he just had that hit factor to inspire and to lead and all the rest. So a special guy uh, contributed, of course, to the Alex Gordon, um, complex that's out there at Haymarket now, their indoor facility. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't talk about Nebraska baseball without mentioning Alex Gordon in your first breath. And he's probably the headliner of this College Baseball Hall of Fame class. I mean, Ron Darling, we know from his time, you know, the broadcast booth more. Um, Russell Martin, but not that one. Mike Matheny, but but not that <laughs> one. But then I think the biggest coach is Pat Casey of Oregon State, who did retire back in 2018. But, Evan, what do you think is going to happen with that baseball program now that it's out in the wilderness, not in the Pac-12? 
That's a great question. I mean, that that was a team. I mean, you mentioned Pat Casey. Like he kind of gave hope in a lot of ways to quote unquote northern teams uh, that they could have sustained success and make runs to the College World Series and all the rest. And so, uh, you know, what they do moving forward will be really interesting. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you do you schedule a you know a Mountain West? sort of schedule do you just sort of take it uh into sort of a like a, a bunch of non-conference games and cobble something together i mean it's it's gonna be a lot different next year i think with oregon state but a, a lot of other teams too i mean if you're stanford for example um you know you're not you're not gonna be playing a pac-12 schedule a year from now you're gonna be playing uh what the acc mm-hmm. and 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 whatever else if you're <laughs> ucla you're gonna be in the Big Ten, you're going to be in Michigan State or Penn State in, in March. You know, have fun with that. So I think a lot of those West Coast programs that have been really good are in for a, a big-time adjustment period with travel and, and who they play and all the rest. Uh, I think in college baseball, though, you know, it's it's all about the RPI. It's about scheduling teams, um, you know, that, that have winning records, uh, maybe even in smaller conferences. So there's still a lot of – uh, quality schools out there, um, you know, in, in some of the other smaller leagues that are going to make the postseason. So I, I don't know if you, if you cobble some of that together or or how that'll look, but they still have the talent, and you would think they'll still find a way to be factors in the postseason. One other baseball question before we jump into the the football realm: Do you think we see UCLA and USC? Maybe those are the two, you know, big baseball schools coming to the Big Ten there. Do you think we see them schedule more aggressively in their non-con by going on the road to some more SEC, ACC, uh, even like Cal State Fullerton type of teams? Do they invite more teams with you know name brands out to them early in the season to try to boost that RPI? Because going to the Big Ten is a slide in the RPI for those two schools that have not just postseason, but College World Series level expectations. Right. And, and, and I'm in the camp that would say that those schools uh, – it'll be less about those schools raising the tide for the big 10. And I think it'll be more about uh, them kind of coming down to that level. I think it's going to be harder to recruit players when your pitch is going to be, you're going to be traveling a bunch to the central and Eastern time zones. Uh, You know, like you said, once you get into the big 10 history has shown that your RPI is kind of set because you just don't have a lot of opportunity to make up ground once you get to that point. So yeah, I, I think their situation would be not all that dissimilar to what Nebraska's is, which is you need to find that, that happy medium in February and in, in March where you're challenging your team and you're building your resume, but at the same time uh, you're not, you know, going too far with it to where, you know, you can't make it up on the back end. So I think, uh, they've had the luxury for a long time of being able to schedule what they want. You know, maybe you have a premier weekend series and then you play some, some smaller schools to find your footing. And then you get into the pack 12 and you have a bunch of opportunities as your season goes along to improve your resume. I think they are going to probably have to take a few more risks and uh, maybe step out of their comfort zone a little more than they have just because of what that big 10 slate is going to provide. We're talking with Evan Blaine of the Omaha world Herald. He's with us on our Allo VIP line. All right, Evan, let's turn the conversation to football. I'm sure you're you know, refreshing Twitter just as much as the rest of us, if not working your sources. But let's play out the Kyle McCord hypothetical here. He's been linked to Nebraska. We've heard there's a good chance of that happening. He's the best pure passer at Nebraska since who? Well, 
you know, Zach Taylor, Joe Gans, maybe just in terms of their ability to read the field and, and their accuracy level. I know, I know Adrian Martinez in 2020 had an accuracy or a completion percentage that was higher than what McCord's was at, at 65 point, whatever this year. Um, but that was with a lot of shorter stuff too, I think. So, you know, I, I think back to Nebraska's history with quarterbacks, especially in this century, and it's for the most part, it's been dual threat guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's been uh, Adrian Martinez and Taylor Martinez and Tommy Armstrong and, and Eric Crouch and the rest. Like the exceptions have been the guys who would hang in the pocket and, and would maybe call themselves passers first. And, and so I would think of Zach Taylor, who was not all that mobile. Joe Gans was more mobile, but I do think, uh, you know, he wanted to stay in the pocket and, and operate as a passer. Tanner Lee in 2017 sort of was in that mold, but I think McCord is, has more ability uh, in that sense. So it, it's a pretty short list. Zach Lee, I suppose you could say as well, uh, you know, about 12 years ago, it would fit in that mold. But, you know, McCord is different, and he was different when you think about the players that Nebraska was linked to in the portal this this past week. Uh, he's, he's, he's the exception in terms of a guy who would stay in the pocket and so it's been interesting getting to learn a little bit about McCord. I know Ohio State fans at times were frustrated with him, which is kind of funny to think about when you think about, you know, they won their first 11 games and were a top five team a lot of the season. But I think what they were maybe more frustrated with than anything was one, losing to Michigan, and two, uh, just the fact that maybe he wasn't quite the dynamic downfield passer mm-hmm. like C.J. Stroud was or, or Justin Fields was or, Dwayne Haskins was. Um, So I think he's got some talent. I think in some ways it's the kind of quarterback that could really help Nebraska because he kind of, you know, allows the other guys to do their things. Like if you're an offensive lineman, you know, he's going to stay in the pocket. If you're a running back, you know, you're going to get more carries. If you're a wide receiver, you know that that he wants to pass and he's probably going to find you. So it's definitely a different kind of skill set than what Nebraska's had, but it might be just what they're looking for. I would have to agree with you, uh, Evan. I I, want to add on to that question because one of the things that I could say that I've I've witnessed with Coach Rule is you got an idea of his approach. And uh, Austin and I I have looked at this approach and we looked at the quarterback approach and we both like the way that it's going. If they land it, it doesn't matter. We like the way and the direction that they're taking in it uh, with what they're they're going for. Now, you know there's been great retention on this team as well, Evan. The line retention has been good uh, to be able, one, to get Ben Scott back, then you get Ben Hard, and you so you, you've secured a couple of sides of it, but you still want to add to it. There's the add to. That's the word I'm going for. Evan, as you're now looking at the direction that this Nebraska coaching staff is is, is, is trending and looking towards and trying to bring in, where do you think they go from here, and what side of the ball do you think they, um, you know, they ha- they're they're looking heavy on to try to uh, build up? Well, they're in an interesting spot, Strick, because like from a numbers perspective, you have to be really selective about who you can add at this point, and they're you know right at a hundred scholarships, give or take a, a player or two at this point. And that's where they were last year, too, for what it's worth. And they have to get down to 85 by August. And, and so you're going to see some attrition, if not now, then during or after spring when depth charts are a little bit more uh, defined. But, you know, Matt Rule said it before, if there's an impact lineman 
in the portal or somebody that they can have a chance at, you take that guy and you figure it out. Obviously, aside from quarterback, which is what everyone's paying attention to, they do have a defensive back out of the portal coming to campus this week by the name of Bly Hill, who uh, has been at an FCS school, St. Francis. So you can say that uh, you know, defensive back, probably corner in particular, is a spot that they would like to add. Receiver, obviously, with Julian Fleming from Ohio, from Ohio State just wrapping up his visit. So if not him, you would think that's still a position group that could use somebody older and somebody as a veteran. And then I would add maybe middle linebacker as well uh, with with Henrich and Reimer moving on, potentially John Bullock, depending on what he decides to do. That's a spot that next year you could envision, uh, you know, Mackay Bayer being a starter, Javen Wright, but there's not a ton of proven depth behind those guys if you went that route. So I would say, uh, you know, other than quarterback, you've got receiver, linebacker, probably a defensive back that they'd like to add. But again, you can't get too gratuitous beyond that just because of the, the, the roster numbers. crunch that they're in right now. Yeah. Matt Rule has mentioned, you know, to you guys in the Nebraska Press Corps on, on national shows, pretty much everywhere he's been, that he wants to have the bulk of his roster be guys he recruits and then amplify and augment with the transfer portal. He's learning it, you know, having just jumped back into college sports. But Evan, he's pretty darn good at this transfer portal thing and building relationships quickly. Is that the next step for Matt Rule in you know his time as Nebraska's head coach, is learning how to balance kind of his old-school approach with the new age of college football? Yeah, if he hasn't learned it already. I mean, he's a pretty quick study in that regard. And, and yeah, I think there's a lot been made about the fact that when he was in college football last at the end of the 2019 season at Baylor, the rules were quite a bit different with the portal and NIL and all that having not really come about at all. So uh, I think he, he was a quick study on that last year i think he uh, you know learned a few things going through the portal last off season when nebraska added you know i think it was a dozen players out of the portal 11 uh, around this time last december so I, I think he's figured that out but i think you also kind of figure out that oftentimes guys are in the portal for a reason whether that's uh, because of ability or attitude or whatever and and everyone's situation is different but i think He's he's maybe been convinced that yeah I mean the, the path to sustained success is still going to be identifying high school talent, bringing them in, developing them in your program, so that in two or three years, uh, you, you know they come out and they can be contributors. You know what they have, um, and I think too, you know one of the things that that my sense is that'll be a strength for Nebraska will be player retention in the transfer portal era. I think players like to be. Uh, in Lincoln, I think they like to be known by their coaches. They like to be invested in. I think just their approach at Nebraska is different from a lot of places, and I think you've seen that reflected in the fact that uh, amid all this frenzy of roster turnover around the sport, Nebraska's only lost three scholarship players to the portal to this point. You've had multiple guys like Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmaker, Ben Scott, uh, you know, Bryce Benhart, Isaac Gifford all decide to come back when they didn't have to. And I think that's all a sign that you build a core, uh, you know, you, you, you set a culture, you build a core of talent around that, and then you supplement year to year as you need. Evan, we'll finish with this. I'm sure you've seen plenty of this um, you know, in responses on Twitter or uh, comments on your articles on Omaha.com. But something we've gotten a lot the last few days is, you know, okay, Lucy, hold the football down. I'm not coming this time. I'm Charlie Brown. I'm not kicking it. Husker fans, I think, are 
just cautious and still kind of maybe jaded is the word I've been going back to. Uh, th- this offseason is just going to be like the rest. That Oh, yeah, there's all this hype. There's all this flash. But where's the substance, right? And we, we can all say it's time for Nebraska to finally deliver on the field. But in your opinion, say Nebraska lands McCord and, and Riola and Fleming, is it just the same old offseason champs? Or is this a, a different sort of vibe to, you know, a good offseason? Oh, I mean, I think it's different. And part of the reason I think it's different is because these are the sorts of moves that you're seeing making national headlines. Like this is not a year ago when Nebraska is one of dozens of schools, you know, making sort of uh, relatively minor portal additions and things. I mean, this is, you're, you're talking about a, a, a five-star quarterback in Riola who's been committed to the two-time defending national champs for seven months, making a, an 11th hour change of heart. Like if that happens, that's, that's major news. You're talking about another former five-star in Kyle McCord who just led Ohio state to the brink of a big 10 title and a, and a college football playoff spot uh, potentially coming to Nebraska. And, and, and again, it's, it's Nebraska that uh, is a, is a blue blood in a historical sense, but it's also a Nebraska team that's had seven straight losing seasons. And so just the fact that these sorts of players would come uh, to the Huskers, given that lack of, of recent track record is notable. And, and it's the sort of thing that can, you know, jumpstart a, a turnaround that can, generate momentum certainly within a fan base you know i think of the michael scott meme of, of i'm ready ready to be hurt again like i feel like that's sort of the the vibe i've gotten from a lot of husker fans and so yeah this is um this isn't sort of uh i don't know subjective hype like these are objectively proven players whether at the college level or certainly at the high school level with riola we're coming in um potentially if things play out that way and yeah i, I think there's every reason to to be excited about what's going to happen because you look at the schedule and the big 10 next year and, and what it's going to be as an 18 team league, um, the level of play is going to elevate and the standard is higher. And I think it's uh, maybe that's the most encouraging sign from what we've seen from Nebraska is they recognize that uh, you're going to have to take some big swings and you might not hit all the time, but if you can connect the way it looks like they're set to connect with some of these players right now, you know, that's the sort of thing that can elevate a program to that next level. Just don't declare bankruptcy in NIL and they should be fine, right? <laughs> that's right. The, uh, the pledge drive is continuing for the, from the collective perspective. And, uh, you know, again, like the, the thing about Nebraska fans is, is that's been the differentiator in this program for a long time. So we'll see how that translates uh, as NIL continues to take hold. It's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us. Check him out on Twitter at Evan Bland O-W-H. Find his work at Omaha.com. Evan, as always, appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Evan joined us on our Allo VIP line, brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local hearts. Sure, I want to kind of uh, throw a change up into hour two. You know, is this offseason different? Can it be different? Can Husker fans, you know, let go and be okay you know, with having some excitement and having some real expectations? Because... Real expectations might be coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can easily fall into the Debbie Downer mentality of how things have gone over the years and how mm-hmm. we continuously get our hopes up and what most would say drinking a lot of the Kool-Aid. But um, listen, to, again, this is different. When you're talking about the quarterback position, where the quarterback position, as we've all spoken, I'm pretty much, I can say from early break on to 
you know, uh, DP and, and, and the crew, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even with Amon and all of them, I'm sure they probably talked about it as well. Getting into that fact, Austin, that the quarterback position is 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 one of the most important positions for the success of a, of a, of a program, that someone stable, someone that maybe doesn't have the deep pass abilities, but if you can land both of them, and even if you just land one of them, but you can land both of them and really be able to build off of that, you get both. Um, I've watched, I've seen tape on him, on um, young Riola, mm-hmm. and that young fella can throw a deep ball mm-hmm. better than anybody in the country, just just as good as anybody that could in the country with accuracy. So if you can get both of them, you got a guy who will give stability, will be able to make the throws in the mid, mid-range and, and can make all of those throws, will protect the ball, mm-hmm. and then you get somebody with a deep arm talent like like Raiola, then you, you should have good hopes because now you can start focusing on those skill position guys that can go and get it. That's the next piece of this conversation. Where does Nebraska look next? You and I have had some of those preliminary discussions, but I think Nebraska's trying to get the bow on these quarterbacks, get them yeah. on campus, get them signed, sealed, delivered before they you know, move on from there. Let's talk about an NFL quarterback to end out hour two. Bryce Young. Oh, my is he the guy? Nebraska <laughs> might have its guys. Does Carolina have its? We'll talk about that to wrap up hour one, get right back to the Husker conversations in hour two of On the Block. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 